Welcome to Show Up and Be Seen with Jen Pillipow, a podcast for highly sensitive online entrepreneurs, the coaches, healers, and creators that want to make a difference in this world. Show Up and Be Seen is about thriving with the gifts, talents, and strengths being highly sensitive brings while reducing unhealed tendencies like comparison, imposter syndrome, being hard on yourself, and more. I want to support you in creating an aligned, authentic, and sustainable business because we need more highly sensitive people just like you thriving in their lives and business. Welcome back for part two of this conversation with Jennifer Kelly, where we talk about how to increase confidence and self-esteem without relying on the internal and external factors we talked about in the last episode. I share my worthy upcycle model and the importance of realistic self-talk, growth mindset, self-compassion, and how subconscious work can also help us move forward and create the successful business that we desire. So what I'm thinking about now is, okay, so if we have our conditional self-acceptance, meaning that we're only going to accept ourselves if we meet certain conditions. And those conditions are coming from our internal and external standards. And those standards are not really healthy. They're not healthy standards. They're not reminding us of our inherent worthiness. They're telling us of how we should show up. It's not, it's not based in authenticity. It's based on what you need to do to prove that you're good enough. Exactly. So how do we replace? I mean, first we have to have an awareness of what we're doing, you know, where, where all these messages are coming from, but then what do we replace it with? Like, what do we just no longer compare ourselves do how do we how do we increase our self-esteem without those factors oh that's such a that's such a great question yeah you know the first thing that comes to my mind you know besides the the major work like the the hypnotherapy and and the intense self-talk is self-compassion yeah yeah right yeah it's just and, and that connects back to the connection with nature, right? Like a, a tree doesn't <laughs> criticize itself or say that tree. <laughs> exactly. Like, and that, so it's all connect, connecting, I think, back to my original question, I guess, your answer, like, how is it that we're inherently worthy? And the more that we recognize that and believe that and support that belief because it's one thing to recognize it and it's another thing to believe it yes. so I support this yeah but I don't really know that I don't believe yeah. that yet. yeah okay so here's what I've come up with around that and this is this can be like a daily practice so I call it the worthy cycle so oh. it starts out with feel with saying I'm good enough and then mm-hmm. it moves into nope sorry, this is where it starts. (laughs) Stay with me. (laughs) Okay. So it starts with supportive self-talk. So like you said, it's like, okay, you're catching that inner critic voice and you're um, bringing in self-compassion and you're saying things like mistakes are okay. So we're using self-compassion for some supportive self-talk. It's okay to be where we are. It's okay to make mistakes. We're new at this. We're learning. It's okay. And then that goes to the focus on the experience and the growth and the learning. So we're not focused on just one end result, like how much money are we making, et cetera. But it's like, okay, 
focusing on what am I learning from this experience? And then that leads to improvement. You can reiterate because you're not freaking yourself out and just telling yourself that you're not good enough. You're like, okay, this is, I'm growing, I'm learning. And how can I improve this? How can I reiterate this? And then if we can move into gratitude from there and be grateful for the experiences, be grateful for ourselves, for doing the hard things, then that can lead to, okay, I am good enough. And then we repeat the cycle, supportive self-talk, focus on the experience, improve what you've got, gratitude, and I am good enough. And then just going in a circle like that. That's amazing. I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like um like not not a a model, but like a oh what's the word, Jen? <laughs> not a model, but uh, uh I'm stuck, but I, I just I really like that, like a methodology of some sort. <laughs> but, well yeah. Yeah, and you um you, you and I had the same thought. It starts with self-compassion right? So instead of right away judging ourselves for having a feeling or for making a mistake, we start to practice moving into what would you say to your friend? You know, Mm -hmm. like, how could you support yourself? And this is where reparenting and being a good parent to yourself can really come in, especially if you've got those internal factors and those inner critic voices are a parent or a teacher from when you were young. That's, that's, that's amazing. So I haven't heard of that. uh, I guess that term before, like, did you call it self parenting? Oh, parenting yourself. (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like when I say inner child work, people glaze over. (laughs) So I'm trying to find other words. I like that. I really relate to that. Actually, Mm -hmm. that to me, um, I feel like I have a deeper understanding of that term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, if we think about when we're kids and we're told all these things, um, now that we're an adult and we know better and we know more about the world and how it works, we understand ourselves better. Now is the time to come in and, um, reprogram those parts. And, um, you know, what, what do you need to hear? Not just what were you told? Right. Because again, that's coming from someone else and their subconscious and their, all their bullshit. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. To go back to the point about generations, the the intergenerational piece there. Mm -hmm. And so tell me again, like if like the hypnotherapy, would that be a starting point? Would that be, can you separate practicing this model from hypnotherapy? Would you recommend still doing hypnotherapy and then the model? Like tell me about how they're connected or, or not. Hmm. Um. It can be used in any way that you want. You can just practice that every day, just in your conscious mind, as the inner, you know, increasing your self awareness to notice when that inner critic voice is coming up, and then how do you reparent yourself and and practice self compassion and supportive self talk. Um. But you know, when we do hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy is just a slower brainwave. It gets you into that subconscious mind where you're highly suggestible and you're more likely to adopt these new beliefs a lot faster than you would with just that 10% conscious part of yourself. The conscious mind is so logical and practical and judgmental. So it that's why when you say, I am worthy and you don't believe it, then your brain is automatically like, nope. <laughs> um, but your subconscious is more curious. 
and mm-hmm. more and less discerning and it's not judgmental. So it's not going to be like showing you all these reasons why you're not. It's just going to be like, oh, this is the new thing now. Okay. And so it can just be faster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I just was trying to kind of make a stronger connection uh, between the two. I would think too, that if you have like a, a really high level of self-awareness, I can see practicing the model actively and almost immediately. I almost feel like that would not saying that people who are struggling with self-awareness couldn't use it or practice it, but I almost feel like I'm more prepared or something because I'm so aware and and now even more, even after today's episode, like about the subconscious and and why I I sl- and the fact that I slipped down, like I said, this spiral of, of the mm. inner critic. A lot of people aren't even aware yes. of what we're talking about, and they're not yeah. even, well, let alone what we're talking about. But they may not even be aware of their own reactions. They're so automatic, right? Okay. So this is me, this, which is really funny because I have a super high level of self-awareness. Like I am hyper, hyper aware. And I think that comes from fawning and people pleasing. Like I'm super aware of other people and what they need. And I'm super aware of myself and what's going on inside. I'm very sensitive. And now the inner critic, um, this was so buried I couldn't get to it until I had removed a bunch of my own childhood layers because this comes from um, a grandparent that I never met. Wow. Right? Okay. So let me break that down a little bit because it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Um, So, and this is where, okay, I'm not a scientist and I'm going to botch this, but um, my mom, when she was in her mom's tummy, had all her eggs to have kids at that time. So, and that would be me. And so I basically lived in my grandma with my mom and then in my mom when she was a kid. And so when I've done my own generational healing, I go beyond my birth and I go into memories from my mom from my grandma. And that's why it's like, it is so deep and buried. I didn't even realize those voices or thoughts. And this is only recent for you, right? Yeah, really this year. Are you a highly sensitive coach, healer, or creative and trying to grow your business, but feel stuck? Do you find yourself comparing yourself to other people and you feel like you're failing and you'll never catch up and then you're really hard on yourself? Your mindset is so much more important than your marketing or your strategy because without a mindset that's working for you, no strategy can keep you going. Curious which mindset is holding you back? Take my quiz to find out. Link in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. I mean, I almost feel like if I were to go through an experience like that or even try to go through an experience like that, I feel like maybe myself and maybe others would try to block that. Like, how do you, over- because sometimes there's a lot of fear with. Oh yeah. That ha- that happens sometimes just with regular hypnotherapy. Um, and the way that I look at it is that it's not a block. Um, so we just work with whatever comes up. And this is how I talk about self-sabotage too. And these parts of us that sabotage, it's not sabotage, it's self-protection. Okay. And so 
Um, and I really like that term too, because self-sabotage really pits us against ourselves. And if we can't accept who we are, again, if we have this conditional acceptance, right. we just move forward fragmented. And what I always aim to do with my clients and myself is to how can we be whole? How can we accept these shadowy parts, these parts that we don't like or that we don't accept? How do we um, allow them to take up space, but not take over and having some boundaries in place and doing some reparenting? Um, I forget where I was going with this. (laughs) Give me a question. (laughs) Uh, Well, just like, you're very open and willing to, to go deep yes. okay. and to read it out. But I think a lot of people might be more apprehensive, including mm-hmm. myself. Like mm-hmm. I'd almost be afraid I would, wouldn't recover from yeah. these discoveries. And yes. Like, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Give me a lifeline there. Um, and so this is why I started to introduce Reiki and embodiment into my hypnotherapy practice because um, people sometimes we're afraid and um, that doesn't, we're, we're not going to get anywhere with that. Right. And that doesn't mean anything is wrong. And that doesn't mean they shouldn't do hypnotherapy. What it means is that we need to um, go in and go out and go slow. Um, so the terms for this in the nervous system world are like pendulation and titration. So we want to explore a little bit, but once I can see and feel somebody is getting overwhelmed, then we come back to the body. We bring the mind to the body and we settle and we allow ourselves to integrate before we go back. And in this way, integration happens because you're not in a totally dysregulated state where you can't take on new ideas and you just get into like a fight or flight mode. Um, So yes, to your point, sometimes people are really hesitant and this is really deep work. And um, I wouldn't want to start with generational stuff, I'd probably just want to start out with some childhood um, and see where people are at and see how they're integrating while we work together so that they gain confidence in the session, in me, in themselves, and it takes the fear away. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think that's really important for people to know and understand Mm -hmm. that uh, you're not going to be rushing them you're not going to be trying to root out and it's I can I think it's just really important to to clarify that and and for people to trust the process yeah yeah there's still people that I talk to that have in their mind like stage hypnosis where the hypnotist takes over the other person and makes them do silly things and so I always have to remind them that, no, this is hypnotherapy. This is therapy. I'm working with you and where you're at. I would never make you do anything you didn't want to do or make you adopt a belief that you weren't ready to. And, and you're still in total control. Like you would just not accept it. Right. right. Yeah. Stage hypnosis is a little bit different and it won't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm struck by is the challenges of getting our messages and and this message across to a society that is essentially wants everything now. No. (laughs) Like the now culture, right? I want the quick fix now. I want the solution now. I want the information now. I want to skip over all of this. (laughs) And 
it's it amazes me. I just think that collectively we've all been running from the layers. <laughs> You're right with so with so many distractions and coping mechanisms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if we if we parallel these two roads again, like if you look at one way to run a business, being like, okay, just give me the cookie cutter that's going to get me the success that I want, and I'll set myself aside, even if it burns me out and kills me, I'll just do it. <laughs> Um, The other way, which is like, okay, I want, I want an authentic business. I want it to be sustainable. Um, That is a whole other level of, of, of work of a a person, right? And sometimes we have to go the other way and burn ourselves out and come back to, okay, I tried it. It really doesn't work. What are my other options? Um, Because you're right. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a quick fix. However, a lot of progress can be made on just working with a mindset and bringing in more of the growth mindset, right? Like you see that in your work too. Yeah. And I agree with that. And this might be me who's kind of dragging us down the well of like, <laughs> but I'm, and maybe that's more for me because I'm realizing more and more the impact of the, the subconscious and how those roots may be blocking me, but you're right. And I think I do often lose sight of how much self-talk and growth mindset can positively bring me, I guess, pull me off that self-destruct path yeah. of the inner that I just find yeah. myself like just running down. <laughs> and even if there's a tornado or hurricane, like I'm determined to run down this road of self-destruction. And, and I often underestimate or forget how much the practices of the self-talk and the compassion and the growth mindset can bring me back and the need to daily practice and affirm that. And I think that's because again, I'm looking for a quick fix and that in itself might be related back to not fully believing yet that I'm inherently worthy and inherent worth means you're also worthy of giving yourself the benefit of practicing these tools. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, I think about the example that comes to mind is with food. Like I'm, I'm worthy of eating nutritious, healthy food and taking mm-hmm. the time to prepare it. Um, but I want to go to something you said about the quick fix. So, and, and relating to how, let's say those internal factors. So the messages that we were getting that, you know, we need to be a certain way to be perceived as good and how that was playing into some of your day-to-day decisions with the business and like what contracts you would take and who you would work with. Did it, um, did it come through in any of those? Yes, definitely. And I feel like before we did our people pleasing podcast, I was, I was doing that more like since we've done that podcast, mm-hmm. I've just, I already had the awareness that I was a people pleaser, but now I feel like I have the awareness plus a practice, I guess. And that's helped me, but it used to interfere in the sense that I would take on work just to feel validated, <laughs> or I'd work with a certain client just to feel like, oh, this is success versus working, working from my values and choosing projects that had meaning, which is my authentic self. And I think that's where people really get pulled away, right? They get, they get pulled from their core values into a place of in 
authenticity. Now, obviously, just to ground us in reality here, sometimes we we have to do things, say, to make X amount of dollars or we're going to have to do projects that we don't always like. I think there's a component of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's even when you have to do that, I think consciously being aware, though, that you can still use your authentic values to help you cope with yeah. that scenario. Yeah. So I feel like I have learned from that and really evolved from that awareness that people pleasing was taking me into this inauthentic place. So my challenge now is about the allowance of compassion and the allowance for mistakes. That's where I feel now is my challenge because if I if I don't work on that and kind of the the messages around self-worth that are coming with that, then I wonder if I'll be guided back into people pleasing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. But having an awareness is such a big, big part of it. Yeah, it it is. But it's kind of like you go back on these default patterns, right? Which brings us back to the instinctual um, or the, the deep subconscious. And I worked hard, I guess, to come to a place where I was consciously choosing projects and work that was in alignment with my values. I couldn't do it all the time because, again, we have to make a certain amount of money, etc. But I was, I had come to a place where at least I would kind of do a little self-assessment first. Like, am I taking this because mm-hmm. I feel like I need to please or validate? And that, I don't, that was really hard growth work. And I feel the more I keep running down what I call the self-destructive path of the inner critic, critic, I feel like the people pleasing monster is going to step out on the path and invite me back to these old ways of thinking. (laughs) So how, how are you going to work through that or work with that? Yeah, well, I really like uh, the model that you've presented here. I feel like there's room for me to, to practice that more, but in particular, I think it's the self-compassion. So allowing myself to recognize that even though I had this external self of this is what it was meant to be an entrepreneur, there's always going to be gray. There's going to be times when I'm going to fail or I'm going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean, though, that my authentic self isn't true or that I sold myself a fake narrative. (laughs) Like even people who are meant to be business owners are going to have moments of failure and they could be epic moments of failure, but I'm still worthy. And I'm still worthy of that external self that I created, which was positive in the beginning. The only reason it's turned, I guess, negative or now challenging for me is that I didn't allow that self to realize that I'm going to make mistakes and that that is okay. Yeah. It's a part of it. Yeah. Okay, so the self-compassion, you know, thinking theoretically can lead to self-acceptance and that's not conditional, right? Because if you're giving yourself compassion for mistakes, you're offering yourself unconditional acceptance Mm -hmm. and then that means you don't have to meet certain conditions in order to feel worthy, The criteria list. Yeah. Yeah. And then your self-esteem improves. And then as your self-esteem improves, you're able to stretch and grow more and expand your business, stay in it, have it be sustainable and, um, and enjoy it more. The message is that this is blocking people from succeeding in their business or 
having the, the, the belief that they can continue and be successful and rooting that out is going to lead us to have that confidence, which needs, which we need to be business owners and that self-acceptance and self-worth. And that's really, I think, the key point of your business pivot of what all of us, including myself, kind of need to improve instead of just giving up and, and resorting back to an inauthentic self either. Like I said, I don't want to go back down the road of people pleasing and I don't need to because it's okay to have a failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a part of the process. And um, yeah, you don't, you always have a choice. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, one way to support me is to subscribe and leave a review because this will help more people find my work. If you're interested in the show up and be seen group online program, head over to the show notes or visit my Instagram page for the link to receive more information. This podcast is recorded in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional land of the Cree people and the homeland of the Métis Nation. If you're not sure whose land you're on, I invite you to get curious by visiting native-land.ca.